Wilson comes on, let me tell you a bit about her. Carolyn Wilson is the Fearless Magnified Editor, a wellness expert featured on many local, national, and global media outlets. She has graced both physical and virtual stages with powerhouses such as Les Brown, Lisa Nichols, Dr. Cheryl Wood, Forbes Riley, and Brooke Burke. Carolyn is a survivor of sexual child abuse and domestic violence, turned advocate who intentionally created a transformative healing journey to create her new life's narrative. Her sole mission is to educate, empower, and inspire women globally on how to tell her story, overcome fear, become resilient, break barriers, and heal to live life fearlessly especially after past trauma and abuse. She helps them to own their power by aligning total mind, body and soul for their divine life's purpose. Carolyn is the CEO of MYE Institute, Magnify Your Essence. Celebrating you, Women's Conference and Expo, Beacon's Life Retreat, author of Magnify Thoughts, visionary of her story, writer, director and producer of the Good Life documentary. Good afternoon, Ms. Wilson, and welcome to Unfiltered. How are you today? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I am doing wonderful, 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 wonderful. Now that we are finally connected. Great, great. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ms. Wilson. Now let's get straight into your interview. Okay, all right. How did you get started in your career as a CEO and a business owner? You know, it's, it's, you know, you ever hear the saying that your gift will make room for you? <laughs> That's yes, what, I did. Yeah, the get, your gifts will make room for you, but you have to um, not be afraid to, to tap into your gift. Um, your gift is aligned to your purpose. Um, and a lot of times we miss that mark. And so for me, personally, it, it was just me really just tapping into my gift and to my purpose. And that was of really just helping other women. That's what it was at first. My love of serving, my love of serving and helping other women, you know, just cause I'm a single mom. So, you know, helping single moms, uh, you know, figuring out this whole going back to school is an adult thing. Cause I did that, you know, changing careers at your job. Yeah, I did that volunteering, you know, and making sure my kids know the whole, the, the value of giving back. I did that, you know, uh, uh, yeah, uh, starting a business, you know, I did that. So it's like, oh, oh and then health and wellness was like exercise. At, at the time it was exercise. It was really about exercise, but now I've learned that it's holistic and it's mind, body, and soul. So you have to have all three in conjunction. And that would be why um, a lot of times our weight loss journeys come to a halt. We come to a dead end because we don't incorporate all three. So those were the things that I was doing um, just organically. But ironically, it came at a time when I was the, how can I word this, at the most darkest place in my life. Um, and that was giving me some light. And in that process, in that time, in that moment, that's where I was able to tap into this, this gift that I just didn't even realize that I had. So yeah, your gifts will make room for you. <laughs> great, great, amazing. What's one thing you wish you had known before you began your career? 
which career because I have many. Your career. See, <laughs> 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 room for you. What one thing you wish I, I, I know, I know. Sorry, I wear a lot of hats. You know, we do this. You know, as women, we juggle all this, stuff. I, especially moms, right? We 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 have to. We have to get creative. No, I, we said, what did I wish that I would have done sooner? Is that what you asked? What's one thing you wish you had known before you began your? Oh, one thing I wish I would have known. I wish I would have known that I had this gift and talent much sooner. <laughs> Wilson, what was yeah. life like growing up for you? Ooh, you ever hear this, that, that poem, life for me wasn't a crystal stair, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's there, every, every person has good and bad in their, in their childhood or in their life. And it's interesting because on the surface level or my narrative it, it paints a picture or depicts a picture or, or a narrative that my life would have been horrible and my life would have been so like devastating. Now, although that has some truth, but when I had to really take a step back and really dissect and think about my life, my childhood, how I grew up, it actually had the, the good outweighed the bad because I had the bad and the bad was so horrific. Um, that that should that could have overshadowed and for a lot of people it does it overshadows all the good so I had to really hunt you know for some good stuff I had to really dig deeper and look at well you know what this part wasn't really that bad like you know what I may have grew up in a single parent household but my mom did what she could with what she had I may have, you know, didn't have all the finest things like everybody else did, but my mother sacrificed to send me to private school. Um, you know, so I, I'm able to see that now and really analyze it and really see that, you know what, those things weren't bad. Like my grandmother stepped in where my mother couldn't, you know, my, I had a village, I had a larger village. Um, and it, when I think about those things, it to me that, oh, I was like, well, you know what? I did have love. Like, I just remember, you know, my family and I tell my grandma all the time and she's 93 now. And I tell her, I'm like, wow. I don't know where I would be without you because she gave so much love. It's the love of a grandmama, right? The grandmother, the praying grandmother, she gave at least me so much love because it was other things that were lacking. And I just know that that gave me the, the experience of being able to say, you know what? I actually, my childhood wasn't that bad in spite of what really was bad. And what was bad was I was being molested <laughs> and I was being molested by my biological father. So that right there is a recipe for future disaster. That's a recipe for your life being ruined. That's just a life of of, of a whole bunch of malice. And don't get me wrong, there are some of those things that did occur. Like, you know, the statistics state that when someone goes through any kind of childhood trauma, especially sexual abuse, um, they become promiscuous. Um, I can't say that that was my case, but was I a little boy crazy? Absolutely. smurfly Hey, I'm going to admit it. Okay. <laughs> You know, so then they say, oh, you can, you know, pause, you know, more than likely have be a teenage parent. Well, yeah, that happened. Um, but I was in denial for a long time because I was like, oh, no, I was almost 20. 
But then when you do the math, it's like, wait a minute, I was 18. Okay. Then I turned 19 when I had them. And then shortly after I turned 20. So in my mind, I was like, oh, I was 20. No, you were 18. That's still a teenager. Like you were a teenage parent. Um, out of wedlock. Okay. That's something that occurred. Um, and just kind of all the things, you know, on welfare, all the stuff that, that will put you on a path that society will keep you on based on the, the, the trauma, based on the, uh, adversity that you were exposed to it. That's supposed to be the new path of your life. And apparently, you know, this gift, like you said, your gift will make room for you. So this gift was already there and it made room for me, but I didn't even know it. (laughs) And I believe all of us have this gift that will make room for us. We just have to tap into it. or you know what is deepest in you is if you are being stretched and pushed to your limit. A lot of times we fear going beyond our comfort zone and I strongly believe that it is when we go beyond our comfort zone then we realize that oh my gosh I really had this inside of me. What took me so long to realize this? But sometimes we had to reach that tumbling block or that point in our life where we were stretched and I mean really stretched to unleash what is deep oh yeah oh yes oh oh you and your audience can't see me nodding my head like a bobblehead over here like yes stretch is an understatement right when you are put under pressure right pressure listen in order to make a diamond it has to be under what pressure pressure the elements are already there it just needs the pressure and it's also in the dark and it's in the deepest places of the earth right it just needs that pressure same thing with a with a pearl you know it has grit what it needs it's the pressure (laughs) that creates all the gems of the world the pressure so you you whoever is listening you are a gem it's the pressure that's going to bring out that gem in you. I mean, yeah. So, Ms. Wilson, how did you overcome your abuse? How did I overcome my abuse? By being self-aware, right? By, that's first and foremost, by being self-aware. And what do I mean by that? Just acknowledging and, and being aware of what took place. And acknowledging that and being aware that it was not anything that I did. It was nothing that someone um, convinced me to do in the terms of where I made it, meaning that I made a decision because I wasn't old enough to make a cognitive decision. The decision was made for me. I was just in the state of following instructions and directions, especially from your caretaker, right? Especially from your father. Um, a trusted family member. Can't get no trusted in that. That's my own blood, right? So, yeah, it's crazy, right? Like, to even think about that, it just kind of makes me sick to my stomach. Um, But I had to be aware. I had to really, truly be aware and hold myself accountable for how I was um, processing 
what I now know, right? And then making a cognitive choice. Uh, now, do I want to, you know, just bury this thing and ignore it and act like it doesn't exist and just go on with my life knowing that it's something that's still there and I never dealt with it? Or do I deal with it? <laughs> Right. And and that's what I had to do. I had to deal with it because a lot of times now someone out there, it may not be what I went through. It could be anything. It could be like it, it could be domestic violence. It could be um, you just found out that you, you know, just came down with the C word cancer. Or you could just found out that maybe your, you know, your significant other, your spouse, you know, was leaving you or you could be getting a divorce. Like you, you can name a whole bunch of different things. But the thing is, it's how are you going to respond to this information opposed to reacting? And our, our quick reaction to things that we that, that hurt is to protect ourselves. That's the reaction. The reaction is to protect ourselves by all means and do what makes us feel good. So that means we find other ways to self-soothe. And that could be by with alcohol, with cigarettes, with, you know, sex, with gambling, with, you know, overeating, uh, spending. So we can use a whole bunch of different mechanisms to self-soothe um, because we don't want to deal with the problem that's at hand. So when you're aware and you're self-aware of what you have before you, and then you can make a cognitive decision and choice of how you want to move forward with this, then that's when you're able to say, you know what, I'm going to have to deal with this and sit with this no matter how ugly it is no matter how much it hurts um no matter how much it stinks um because it's going to smell it's going to be rancid it's going to be because remember it's been sitting there for a long 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 time and it, it's time to to be healed it's time to to just you know just get rid of it just get rid of it and just know that even in that process of removing those things that that you are trying to heal from that there's going to be residue. Think about a Band-Aid. You put a Band-Aid on and you have the little adhesive on it. When you pull it off, especially when it's been on for a long time. So you remember a kid, you know, when you was a kid, you just leave that Band-Aid on forever and you're playing and it gets all dirty around and a little adhesive gets a little, like, listen, I was one of those kids. I just don't want to take my Band-Aid off because I had a pretty <laughs> Band-Aid. And then it has a little dark, you know, the, the little adhesive gets dark around it and you're like, I don't want to keep my Band-Aid on. But when you take it off, the residue is still there, right? From the Band-Aid. So that's no different than the hurt and the pain we go through that even though we we cover it up and we allow it to, we attempt to allow it to heal, it's not until we uncover it is when it truly heals. Because you remember, you put the Band-Aid on it at first to protect it. So you don't want it to get further infected, right? So you, we cover it. That's our natural instinct to react, to cover. See, but then the responding part comes in. Okay, so how am I going to allow this to finish healing? Do I keep this Band-Aid on when I know that as I'm putting it, I'm keeping it on, it's still oozing out and it's still not, you know, healing itself because it needs to be in the open. It needs some other elements to kind of help with the process because our body, we naturally heal. Our bodies are naturally made to heal itself anyway. But it's something about this mental thing that, we, we block it and we don't allow that piece to be healed. So to back to this Band-Aid, when you take that Band-Aid off and you allow the thing to finally heal and it scabs up and then the scab falls off and then eventually your skin gets back to you know normal, you may have a scar, you may not, you may have a very noticeable scar, you may, may not have a scar at all. But the residue 
from that band-aid is still there and so you can get it off and sometimes it's hard to get off but it's still there and then even when you do get it off now you still have a scar that scar is going to remind you of what you went through and sometimes when you see that scar it's going to bring back a memory and then you may go back there as if that pain was was happening right then and there at that moment but then now the aware the aware part of you will then know that okay that was then this is now and maybe there's something else i still need to heal from that's that still didn't heal right that didn't get set properly so yeah I hope I answered the question. I, I'm now I'm trying to remember what was the question again. <laughs> you did answer the question. Okay, great. Um, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm sitting here and I'm just lost, and I mean lost in the sense of I attended the forum, you not know, to watch the Good Life documentary. Yes. And believe it or not, listeners, I'm telling you. I was blown away. I sat there, and as I mentioned to Carolyn yesterday, my intention for the thing was, okay, I'll go on this Zoom, and I'll only spend 20 minutes, and after 20 minutes, I'll be gone. I don't want to hear this. <laughs> and after 20 minutes, it turned into half an hour, and half an hour turned into an hour, and I, you know, I couldn't move. I just couldn't move. Even when they got into the question and answer segment, I sat there and I was so intrigued. I wanted to know more because I mean this is a very delicate topic and you hardly find persons ready willing and boldly stand up and speak up about abuse in any form they are afraid for so many reasons some are afraid of being taunted some are afraid of being further abused some are afraid of persons disrespecting them. Some are afraid of what society might think of me if I'm to stand up and say, oh, I was abused by my father, I was abused by my mother, friend, family. You know, the sting and the stigma and discrimination that comes with behind standing up and speaking out about abuse. It's no easy burden to carry along, added to the fact that you are being abused. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I know. It was heavy though, but 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 it was necessary, right? It was heavy, but it was necessary, right? For for so many. Um, and you're right. Like the people don't talk about it, and that's why I do. And it, I talk about it in a in a. I, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I'm able to talk about it with a smile on my face, right? I'm able to talk about it that allows people to be comfortable with now sharing their truths because we say, oh, this is my story, but it's really your truth, right? Um, Because the story is something that we can fabricate and we can make up and we can, you know, retwist, you know, the the faction between fact and fiction, right? But when you're able to really unveil this this, this ugly truth and call a spade a spade, you know, it is what it is, really show this ugly monster that's what it is right then it can it can shrink and it can go away but the more we hide it it's almost like we give it more power and we're more powerful than it but it has become more powerful over us and um so like i said i've been in other groups and other 
um, events where they're talking about it, but it's it's still really coming from a hurt place. Um, and it's not coming from a place of, of healing. And that's what's required in order for you to really tap into this, uh, your gift, right? To tap into your purpose, tap into your gift and tap into your purpose. Um, you have to protect it at all times, protect it like it's nobody's business because it was given directly to you. Nobody else has your gift. No one else has, you know, you say no one has your fingerprints. Even twins don't even have the same DNA um, because they're individuals. They may look alike, but there's something else about them that's 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 distinctly different, <laughs> right? So, and that's, and that's like all of us. We may seem identical and look identical and be identical in the way we walk, talk, and the way we live, but we are all here on a different assignment. And we, it's, it's, in, it's our responsibility to make sure that we adhere to it. Um, I want to share this with you. This was something profound um, that I heard when I was uh, at, at the event with Les Brown and he was speaking. And I actually shared this with a podcast I did last week. And, you know, we all have a gift. Um, since you guys are from the Caribbean, you're pretty sure, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with Dr. Miles Monroe. Dr. Miles, yeah, Dr. Miles Monroe, uh, one of his things that we all, you know, we say, listen, the, the place where the most gifts and talents and untapped potential um, are in the cemetery, right? They're that, left that, in the cemetery. I love, that's my favorite part. <laughs> yeah, that they're left in the cemetery, right? So now let's, let's take it a step further. So we're looking like, wow, like all of those dreams and hopes and, and ideas and millionaires and billionaires and just like, all that stuff is in the grave as well as all of their secrets too, right? But I'm going to take it a step further. So Les Brown said, <laughs> when you when you leave this earth, um, you know, we're always saying, okay, there's, you know, we're going to go to either heaven or hell, depending on the works that you do in your dash, right? But he said, mm, he, said I'm gonna, he said, how about this? He said, when you, when you leave this earth, you meet the person you are supposed to be. And now I'm just going to let that sit for a second. And if you didn't feel that in your belly, I need you to check your pulse. You meet the person you were supposed to be. And you are telling yourself with sadness in their eye, in, their, in your eye, and in your heart, and in your soul, why didn't you do the things you were supposed to do? You had to cure for X, Y, and Z. You had to answer to your family. You had so much you were supposed to do. But it's too late now. It, when I heard that, that hit me. Every time I say it, I feel it in my belly. So I hope that that resonates with some of you to just know that you know, our gifts and our purpose, they're untapped, but they don't have to be. You don't have to leave them in the cemetery. You don't have to meet your yourself, the who you were supposed to be. Be it right. now. Thank you so much, Carolyn. And in wrapping up quickly, can you tell our listeners how they can connect with you online? Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you. They can reach me online. Um, 
all social media platforms magnify your essence that's facebook youtube and instagram an additional instagram page is be magnified um be the word magnified and then you can also go to my link tree link my link tree will actually take you to everything l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e backslash carolyn wilson um and that'll take you to the nye institute that'll take you to all the social media platforms and any events that i have coming up or any anything is usually on my link tree but um yeah that's how they can find me and just go ahead and go to you know uh oh here's another one so they can you can contact me just do bit bitly backslash m-y-e dash contact and then that'll allow you to contact me Thank you so much, Miss Wilson. I am so, so, so proud of you. It Thank was you. indeed a pleasure having you on my show today. I wish you nothing but success in your future endeavors. So there oh. you have it, listeners. Don't forget to connect with Miss Wilson for more updates about her life. And don't forget to join us next Wednesday for another episode of Unfiltered. Be true to who you are always and stay motivated.